Thank you, Lord. Byron wanted me to share this morning for a little bit. He'll come behind me, so I'm going to start out. But um, thankful to be back here this morning and so thankful for all that God is doing in and through this, this body. We really have a lot to be thankful for. Um, you know, the more I go along, you know, we have guest speakers that come in, and every time they just, there's the encouragement that we get from as soon as they get in the atmosphere, they just really know that God has really moved in this place, and it was so neat. Um, let me just start. Anybody here, we, if you don't know, our women, almost 100 women went on a women's retreat last weekend, and uh, we put high value on our women's retreat because we don't go just to go have fun, although we have lots of fun, but we really go up to the mountain to seek the Lord because we always feel like there's something God wants to release in us and, and bring it back to this body, um, and that's really what we did. And um, so we, we were there last weekend and really went with great expectation. I just We um, had invited a lady named Kathy Campbell who is a, has a very strong prophetic voice, and, um, and I've, I've known of her for years, and her ministry has grown, and I've just kind of watched that and just felt from the Lord that she may be the right person to speak this year. And uh, we've ne- I don't know that we've ever really had somebody with such a strong prophetic anointing on them to speak, and uh, it was really powerful. So we had her, we, you know, Byron had heard her preached, and we checked her out and felt like and she responded and said yes, and she travels with her daughter, Charity, who is uh, a very beautiful, young, single girl. She's probably, I don't know her age, maybe 30 at the most. But uh, they both really carry a pretty powerful anointing. And we were so thankful to be there. But, um, you know, I went with an expectation this year. I really felt like there was something specific that God wanted to do. And... Um, I always go with expectation, but this had a little bit of a different feel to it. And um, I still, I'm just going to tell you some things that happened there this morning. Just tell you what I feel. I'm still working on and chewing on and processing what God did over the weekend. Um, I told Byron, often when I go on retreats, we do the women come back out. That's how we come back. We're kind of crazy. It's true, because we, we, honestly, we love to go let our hair down. I mean, really, that's one thing we do is we go and just really go after the Lord. We don't feel like we're in an environment where we just can't be free. And so we usually come back kind of crazy. And uh, But this time I came back sober. I mean, like sober. I just could hardly even talk to Byron when I got back. It was just so sobering to me, um, even though the Lord had moved in a very powerful way. But I just... I just felt sober. I felt like the thing that the Lord had imparted to us was sobering. It wasn't like, oh, let's go run and have a party. I just felt like God had something to speak, and it was serious, and that our hearts need to be open to receive it, and that we needed to walk forward circumspectly. Does that make sense? Not just like, let's go have a party and pile in a rubble and have fun. It just feels like the Lord was giving us something that we need to take in our hand and really come before the Lord with it. So I'm just going to run through, you know, the first night uh, Kathy Campbell gave her testimony, and it was really interesting. Uh, her testimony was this, that she was a very shy woman with four kids. Her husband's a pastor. 
who sat on the back row for church. Nobody, she didn't ever say anything. She was, she didn't, she was hidden. She wanted to be hidden. Um, and she had some upbringing that affected her that way. But so much so was she hidden that one of the old men in the church thought she was a single mom at the church. She didn't, he didn't even know her husband was pastor. That's how. But the Lord started moving in her life. She, uh, they live upstate New York, and they, would cro- they crossed the border 50 times for the Toronto revival that broke out in the mid-1995, around that time. And the Lord really greatly impacted her life, her daughter's life, her whole family's life. And so thus, her ministry was really birthed out of that. He ended up bringing her out of the back seat of the church. And, uh, and I think that was really interesting that she shared that because one of the things she went after over the weekend was identity. And, um, and I felt like that's key for the Lord. I know, we, I, I know that the Lord has done a lot in us about the Father's heart toward us that, you know, he really wants us to know the love of the Father. And fathers give identity. That's really, really the, one of the thing, way, main things that a father does for his children is he tells us who we are. And that if we have that, we're, we're set and we're sealed and we can, you know, go after things in life. But if a father's just kind of loose and away and never really, you know, really spends time with his children and, and really communicates his confidence in them as they're in their future, then we can really suffer that way. And that's really one thing that Kathy went after was identity. And so that was really Friday night. And she just said this, and I believe this is a word for all of us, is God knows where to find us. You may feel like you're hidden somewhere, somewhere on a pew or on a back seat or in an office or and don't feel like you really have anything to give in the kingdom but God really does know where to find us. Now, I can give testimony to that because Byron and I, it, God found us. We were, we were two poor little kids that grew up in a rural community that somehow God found his way to us and put his hand on us. The prophetic word spoken over us that he had called us together in life and in ministry it, that, that came to us in probably 1980, 78. Now, we were sitting on a pew, okay, thinking, no way. No way. But God knew where to find us. And I, I think this connects to what Byron preached a couple of weeks ago, that I believe, we believe God's getting ready to use little people. We really do. I, I think God is really getting ready to put his hand on, on all of us that feel, because really everybody's little, believe it or not. We really all are. Even people that seem like they've got a lot going is still on the inside. We all feel little. And God really wants to touch that place. He wants to give us our identity. And then Sunday, um, you know, God found Joseph where he found him in a prison. He found David in the field with sheep, you know, he found Daniel. And so he can find us. He really can find us. And I believe that was a really key thing Friday night. And then, and I'm glad, you know, most, a lot of the women are here this morning because we were under such a cloud. I'm telling you, I came home. I I couldn't tell you what happened, what was said, what was, I was just still in just some kind of a cloud that I just, 
I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was just wild. And <laughs> I loved um, uh, Rachel Murdoch texted me some Monday morning. She said, uh, what just happened to us? <laughs> and I texted her back. I said, exactly. <laughs> you know? That's how I feel. You know? <laughs> it was hilarious. But, you know, God was speaking to us. And then um, one thing she spoke Saturday morning that was really sobering to me. And I'm glad to kind of, I sat down yesterday afternoon and kind of put things together. Um, and I'm really starting to feel a little more clarity. But she talked about this. When we're not secure in the Father's love, in the Father's affirmation, in the Father's confidence in us as his children, we, our insecurities have, a, they have the ability to really affect us when it comes to, to the kingdom. Because here's what happens. All the weakness in our, in our souls, in our identities, what we begin to do is we start to project that on one another. Because when the Lord starts using someone, our own insecurities make us become critical. Because we're jealous. Because we're not secure in our own who we are. When we're secure in who we are, we just don't worry about everybody else. We, we can be thankful. You know, Moses, it was interesting she brought up the story of Moses one thing that was interesting about Moses in, in his life story is when he had begun his ministry, he, he was ministering. This is interesting. There were other people prophesying, and Miriam had a hard time with it. People had a hard time because other people were prophesying. So you can see the, and, and you know what Moses said? We ought to be glad this is going on, that the Lord's using other people to prophesy. Isn't that great? But you can see the issue of the heart. And then Miriam, this is one thing she said that I think a lot of us maybe really heard. When Moses, the Lord started using Moses powerfully, was visiting him, his own sister and brother rose up against him. They really had jealousy in their heart because they said this, doesn't the Lord use us to speak to? That was exactly the way they felt. We hear God. Why aren't we being used? And so, and it, this is one thing I've I loved that she brought to us was this. We have to be careful in the body of Christ, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because, I'm going to tell you that afterwards when I get to point three. We have to be careful about we, and I just thought, Lord, I don't think I've ever seen it this clear. But we're pretty sad because we're projecting our own insecurities and our own hurts, our own pains on other people. And what that does in the body of Christ is it causes disunity and it causes the Lord not to be able to move with us because we're disjointed. And I just want to encourage us this morning because I'm, you know, the Lord wants, you know, and it's funny, a lot of people up there are just dealing with the insecurity thing. And um, the only way to not be insecure is encounters with the love of the Father. And we need to go after him. We need to go after and stand and say, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say about me. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Because when I'm secure in what you're saying about me and what my gift is and what my call is, it just, I'm good. This is my space. 
This is my space I can stay in. Because here's the other thing that begins happening is if you're insecure and want what everybody else is doing, you'll try to get on somebody else's space. You know, and then you know what happens in that in the spirit realm? It's, it's weird. It becomes weird. You, you know, people in authority, that happens all the time. Somebody wants your spot and they begin clashing up against you. And you feel the weirdness. And so it happens with everybody. I'm just saying the answer for us for the future of what God wants to do with us in the kingdom is to hear from the Lord, hear what he's got to say about you, what he's got to say about me. And we can rejoice and rejoice, rejoice. And when the Lord's using other people, rejoice. It's because it's all for our benefit. God wants to use every single one of us. And you know what? What I said to you a couple of weeks ago, the word God gave me through my cousin sitting in a bar in Rockingham with my family to hear my brother sing. He, she stopped me. I had not said her word night. She pointed her finger at me and says, Becky, God is doing a miracle in me. I've got, I'm so connected to him more than I ever have been. And she said, and she said here's why. She says, because everything God does, he does for his own pleasure, and it's not about me. And it's true. If we can just say, okay, if he uses me, it's for his pleasure. If he uses you, it's for his pleasure. It is for the prosperity, for eternal purposes that he uses any of us. And it's his good pleasure to use us. And so... Just want to, that was really a word that came from her that was like, wow. You know, and you see it in Scripture. You can study story after story. When God began to raise up people in the Bible to use them, his hand was on them. He lifts up kings and he brings kings down. And he will do that in the body. Sometimes you get used, sometimes you don't. And the, our attitudes are really important for what God wants to do in the whole body of Christ in the earth because we believe he's going to pour out his spirit in unprecedented measures and this stuff will keep us from being able to participate with just not, not just us but with the whole body of Christ. It, you know, we need to embrace the whole body because we're going to need each other. All Baptists, Methodists, whoever's moving toward the kingdom, we need to embrace and be in unity. Cindy Baker got, that was the one word she got before we went up there was unity. And I believe the Lord was really speaking and declaring that over us, you know. And we were also, this was great. We were getting words like, I feel like we're in a courtroom. Jackie was seeing that. And there's a jury sitting there. But the Lord walks in. The jury's gone. And, and then um, Margaret walks up to me and says, I feel like we've been sequestered for the weekend. And it was true. From the moment we got there, it began to rain. And, you know, we were, just, we, had, we were just in there with the Lord. And so he was really downpouring this. So it was amazing. And, um, and then I just want to say this. Kathy Campbell preaches and prophesies. That's how she does it. Like right now she'd break and start prophesying over a few people. And with the most accuracy, that it was amazing. You would just be shocked at some of the words. We were just falling apart. Every time she'd give a word, I mean, clapping and standing and because it was just powerful. She was just moving in the spirit. And thus there was a cloud just hanging over us 
that if you just were open to hear it and even having to say, okay, Lord, even if I don't get a word, this atmosphere along is enough. Because that is the hard part when people prophesy. It's like when you don't get the word. You know, you're just bummed, you know. So I know I've been there. But we had such an awesome atmosphere the whole time. It was powerful. And um, so anyway, so Saturday night is probably when a lot of things culminated for us. Um, she started, really, Saturday night, we were under such a cloud. I love this about them, um, her and her daughter. Sometimes guest speakers can be like, they preach, and they may pray for you a little people. They'll pray for people, and then they want out of the room because they're overwhelmed. And I'm okay with that. You know when you're done. But they were with us the whole weekend. I, got, I was so funny. Saturday afternoon, I was getting on the elevator. We were going to soak at 5 o'clock. I got on the elevator with them, my pillow and my blanket, and... I, they were all. They were on the elevator with me, all dressed up. I thought they're going to go out to dinner. I think that's. They don't like this food. They're going out to dinner, you know. <laughs> and it was so cool because they got off the elevator and they went into the our meeting room. They were going to soak, so they were real Holy Ghost girls. And I did not know that they were really hungry, just hungry for the Lord. And um, but one thing, Saturday night, uh, Kathy Campbell got under such a weight that um, she, honestly, she had shortness of breath prophesying over people with such amazing accuracy. I just was like, it, w- it was just something, and um, just very, very powerful. And she, and I just want to share this with you, that she, because I think it's important about sharing the word she had about Byron. She probably has seen Byron, but she didn't remember him because she wouldn't let me tell her anything about us. Before we got up there, she wouldn't even let me talk to her on the telephone. And I was like, I need to talk to you. You're coming to minister with my crowd. I need to talk. But finally I got it. I thought, you know, um, she really wants to hear from the Lord. And so she Saturday night gave a very big prophetic word over Byron. She, and, and, I, and it applies to our whole congregation and the word was basically this, that, um, that she, she, she dreamed about him between sessions. She'd had a dream that she was talking to Byron. And she, she said to him, she started talking about, you know, when our nation was birthed, the pilgrims came over for freedom and, um, and for, to be established nation under God. And she said, but by the mid-1700s, the nation had gone secular already. Isn't that crazy? Already it had turned secular, it turned away. We think this is new, what we're under, but not necessarily. But just, she said, just like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield were sent to this, you know, Jonathan Edwards raised up, George Whitfield began preaching, and the great awakening happened, and our nation went into revival and it turned everything around for our nation during that season. She started prophesying over Byron a double uh, portion of anointing coming on him and that he's called just like them for the revival and awakening of this nation. And the thing that she did not know is that Byron is in Jonathan Edwards' lineage. Isn't that something? His grandmother was in Edwards. And there's hundreds of preachers in his lineage Right now in Byron's family, there's five preachers in the family right now. And so, you know, just powerful stuff. I mean, just really, really powerful stuff. And um, But I think, and so she was really saying that our, she believes our, our congregation has a call 
a pretty big call for awakening in the nation. And I believe while we were getting that word about unity, and this is what I shared with the women Sunday morning, is, you know, we've been through a lot here, a whole lot. We could have been totally taken out from the course of revival and awakening. And it's, yeah, it hasn't. But I feel like really the Lord was just taking this serious. And I don't, you know, I don't know what goes among everybody in their personal lives. But I feel like a hundred women, women up there heard the word of the Lord, that it was time to get our hearts right, that we really needed to stop projecting the issues of our own heart onto others so that we can carry revival. Otherwise, we will not be able to because disunity will take us out. And I just, that's really what I wanted to say to you this morning and, um, you know, I, and this is, you know, revival can re- awaken in this nation can happen overnight with unity. And we're starting to see the church arise in that. I mean, David's tent is one of the, you know, the prayer movement. There is really a lot happening. And I wanted to say this to you, too. I still think there's a lot more that went on at that retreat that I don't know. I think God has deposited something in us. And, um, and Byron and I very much so want to be open to what God wants to do. Saturday night, her daughter got, um, she was, uh, Kathy Campbell opened up the meeting for her to share something. And when she got up, she was just like this. She got up to begin to say what the Lord had shown her first. She got out and felt like she saw an angel in the room. It was either the Lord or an angel in the prayer corner that we had set aside. And then as soon as that happened, she had a power to hit her where she couldn't speak. She was just overwhelmed. I mean, she's beautiful and well-dressed and became completely undone in front of all of us. It was a sight to behold. I really, you know, it really it was a holy moment. I would never even want a picture of that taken. I'm serious. It was just such a holy moment before the Lord to see her, allow the Lord to use her that way. And, um, and so that was going on, and it was like we were all under, we couldn't even move anyway. All of us were sitting and couldn't move anyway because of the prophetic atmosphere and just the weight of his presence. And so some, she ended up in the floor, and people began to try to help her. But I knew she had something to say to us. And um, so I went up. She finally made it back up. I can't, like I said, I don't remember details um, because I, w- I was under such a cloud myself. And I went and got behind her to, and to, to hold her up because I, f- I wanted out of her. It wasn't so mad. I mean, I was uh, affected by what was going on, but we've seen a lot of manifestations before. It wasn't unusual. But I felt like she had something to give us. And... Um, and so I went and got behind her and held her up till she was able. And here's just a couple of things that I felt like she said to us was um, uh, she saw that man in the corner praying. I mean, she didn't know, but he, it really blasted. She was just clearly under some kind of visitation. It was so powerful to see. But she saw an angel stirring the waters. And that was pretty powerful. And I'm not sure if that, you know, the angel in the Bible was for healing. So we really could be getting ready to see a healing anointment break forth here. 
I'm not sure. I, we're processing. I'm not trying to put anything on it. I'm just trying to report to you because I think it's important that you hear. And I know some of you are here that are new. There's a reason you're here this morning. So um, here's the other thing that I felt was key, really key, because our spiritual father, Bob Jones, said this to us so many times. She was seeing this, don't panic. Don't panic. She said, just like Daniel knew what was ahead of him, it was the lion's den. That's what was ahead of him. He just kept his course with what God had shown him to do. It was to pray. And so I feel like that's another real word for us as we move forward into the future of revival and awakening and where this nation is, it's really key that we don't panic. Bob told us that there was a spirit coming. He said this for the last three or four years of his life, that it was anxiety, depression, panic, and one other thing. Was it I said that. Fear. Fear. That was it. And that we didn't have a right to it. So I really asked the Lord today, that we would, I want you to just raise your hand right now for that. I feel like we need to say, Lord, we just renounce any spirit of fear that is trying to settle on us. Lord, we renounce panic. We renounce anxiety. And we, we renounce depression. That is not our portion. Lord, you yourself are our portion. And we will not fear. Amen. So, um, anyway, we called up everybody after that. This is, this is what I want to finish with. It's interesting. That night we called up everybody, and as soon as I stood up, I'll t I want to tell you this, but first I want to say Sunday morning we were still under that cloud. We did a short session of worship, one song. I woke up here and, You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. From for from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. And I knew that the Lord, everything that he had done, it was really, it's really all about him. It's so wonderful. We serve such a wonderful God. It's just to keep our eyes on him and not about me, not this junk that I project on everybody around me. In fact, I had a vision this morning. I want to say it. I had a vision. There was a little girl. She was in a corner, and she was really messed up from childhood. And my heart was stirred with compassion toward her. And I went over, and I put my hand on her, and I was loving on her. And I was trying to minister to her. And for a minute, she took it. But then all of a sudden, she bit my hand. And I felt like that was really a picture of what we do to one another is because of the own issues of our own heart when someone is even trying to reach out to help we bite the hand you know that phrase the, cra the, the hand that rocks the cradle we, we bite the hand that rocks the cradle and so I really feel like that's important but Sunday morning is so powerful <laughs> Sarah Gallen was Sarah Gallen, Sarah Bollinger were leading worship and we were doing communion and it was beautiful. It was just flowing and it was so but before we even get to communion, Sarah Gallen goes down. I think the keyboard player goes down. And then Eva, the guitar player that comes from Chapel Hill, she went down. 
And Sarah's up there singing a cappella. You are worthy of it all. It was so great. And what was awesome, in the com- we just went through the communion line, and people were not even getting through the communion line. They were just going down under this wonderful weight of his presence. And it was such an encouraging weekend. And I believe we're called, being called to awakening. And I believe the Lord is speaking to us about fear, and he's speaking to us about the issues of our own heart that would hinder us. And um, so I'm just saying, Lord, that's what I believe, and I forgot what I was going to tell you last. Oh, here it is. This is one thing this morning I felt like the Lord wanted to say to us. Saturday night, when all that was going down, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I'm like trying to lead these meetings, and oh, gosh, it was like, Lord, help. This is like, oh, I'm just, I'm clueless, so help. And so when all that was going on, you know, Charity had done what she did, and I had got, I got a hold of her, and when I walked off, what was on her hit me. It was very, very powerful. I'd really not felt that strong of a presence in many years. And so we ended up doing a fire tunnel and, you know, letting people through. But this is funny. When I got the microphone back in my hand to try to figure out what to do about all that, this just sprang out of me, out of nowhere. These are the days of Elijah. Declaring the word of the Lord. These are the days of your servant Moses with righteousness being restored. And these are the great day these are though these are great days of great trial, of famine, darkness, and sword. Still, here it is. We are the voice in the desert crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. Lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and it is the year of Jubilee, by the way. And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And then these are the days of Ezekiel. Here it is, the dry bones becoming as flesh. These are the days of your servant David, rebuild in a temple of praise. And these are the days of great harvest. The fields are white in the world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on a cloud. He's all, this is really what the Lord is beginning to echo through his body that he is coming and you know we're gonna you know what he is gonna rule from zion's hill and that is our destiny we all have great destiny and we need to keep in mind that our god there is no one like jehovah and we need to allow his spirit to move in and through us because our destiny is zion's hill he's gonna set up and rule from zion all the nations of the earth least we forget that who we are who we are we are the body of Christ and we're going to rule and reign with him forever and that begins now here and now and we're just want to say yes Lord there is no one like Jehovah there is no one like our God and behold he comes riding on a cloud and it's the year of jubilee and we're going to shout and stand the victory because we live in him and we move and we have our being and we're just going to set aside 
God and say, Lord, do what you want to do. Use us for awakening. We say, yes, use us. We'll say, yes, use us, Lord. And we say, deal with these hearts so we will not be shut down over these old hearts that are hurt and in pain and in insecurity, God. And we say, heal our land. Heal us. Heal our land. Awaken in the United States of America. This is for the sake of our nation. Revival is for the sake of our nation. It is not because we'll just lay on the floor and shake and rattle and roll. It's for awakening. Those were the manifestations and the great awakenings. And we'll see it again. It's here again. And we say, Lord, have your way in our midst. Have your way. Do what you want to do, Lord God. Do it. Do it. We'll say yes. I want you to stand up and say yes. Yes, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in our midst, Lord God. We want to go where you go, Lord. Do what you want to do, Lord. Do what you want to do. Just stand there. I'm going to let Byron come because he's the shepherd of this house. And he's got some stuff. So we just want to, I just want to just stand together. Yeah. Yes. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do, Lord. Yes. Who? And what am I supposed to do? All right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you the story out of the Bible. It's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's about a little boy named Samuel, okay, which the book's about. His mama prayed and prayed and prayed for a baby and didn't have one. She had a lot of shame on her over it. But she promised the Lord, if, if you'll give me a baby, I'll give him to you. And the Lord gave her a little boy. And she took the little boy when he got old enough to be weaned. And she gave the little boy to the priest whose name was Eli. He was an old man, big overweight old man, an old man who had two sons that were bringing a lot of hurt to the people of God because they were stealing and having illegal relationships with women, taking advantage of them because of their position. And one night, this little boy heard a voice speak to him. And he thought Eli was calling him. So he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. What do you want? And Eli said, I ain't said nothing. Go back to bed. So he went back and laid down again. And the Bible says he heard that voice again. So he went back to Eli. And Eli said, I haven't said nothing, but I think maybe God might be talking to you. Because the little boy didn't know the voice of the Lord yet. And so he went and laid back down, and he heard the voice again. And he got up, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord began to speak to him. It says in that story that in those days in the land there was little, a little revelation, not much. The word of the Lord was not much. Kind of like what's happening in our land, in the secular world, not much. And uh, it says Eli was almost blind. You know, he was the leader and he was almost blind. Um, and there was no vision. All that really says something. This is one thing it says. It says it says that it says the lamp of God was there, the ark was there, and they were in the tabernacle, which was the house of God. Yet the priests were blinded 
And only a little boy could hear. Only a little boy could hear God. And the little boy, of course, responded to God and became one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, the first and second Samuel, actually the guy who placed David in where he came to. But all he did was respond. Um, and so we've been asking the Lord about this because... Well, we love the move of the Lord, and we would just pile into hysteria in the spirit without even having to to think about it. Because if God's moving, we won't end. But also, feel a little bit hesitant, and I think the hesitancy is from the Lord because I feel like God is is what Becky said. She felt real sobered by what the Lord did. And so, I'm, I believe that God wants to throw a party all the time, but sometimes God might have a little conversation before he throws the party. And I think that's really what he wants to have as a conversation. And I think what he is saying is, is like, you know, he's looking for the little boys the little people that he's speaking to that are willing to say yes without knowing anything. Without knowing anything. Because God doesn't always tell us. In fact, I don't know about you, but he don't hardly ever, ever tell me anything. <laughs> like, I need you. What do you need me for? Just I just need you. All he's looking for is somebody to say I'm in no matter what. I'm in no matter what. And I just think that's that's where we're at. Is God really is being serious right now. And he is looking for people who have a heart to say yes to him. Not just yes in an emotional moment. Not just yes in a spiritual moment. But a real yes with your heart. See, a lot of us are looking for the big thing, the big move of God, the big, big miracle, which I think God wants to do. But if you go through the Scripture, most of the time, the people who, had, who were using these big things were people who had this little thing to happen in their life. They had this personal encounter with them. They heard God. They responded to God way before God did anything outwardly. They made a commitment to God. They, they gave themselves to God. They said to God, you know what, God, for the rest of my life, you're the sinner. You're the sinner, Lord. You're the center of my heart. You're the center of my life. And everything I do from this place, this time on, that's how I'm going to live based on you being the center. And I'm removing myself out of the center. I'm removing myself out of the center of my life where my decisions are not made based on what I want but based on what you want. And I think that's how God wants to move in the earth. And so I think he's calling people right now. I really do. I think he's calling people. Right now, this is a moment for us to be, we can become with Samuel. You know, I, Becky alluded to that uh, dream I had a few weeks ago that was powerful, where there was a bunch of little people, and there were big people. And the big people were taking advantage of the little people. They captured the little people and were causing them to live in an uh, artificial way. And in the dream, a big person could become a little person. But a little person could not become a big person. Okay? And then this cloud came over the earth. 
and it was a very unusual looking cloud. It was a dark cloud, but it looked very unusual. It was right out of Psalm 18 where it says God hides himself in a dark cloud. God came over the earth. And when, God, when the cloud lifted, the little people were the big people. And the big people had been brought down. And I think we're in a time where God is, where I felt that word, the little boy Samuel. The little boy Samuel. If we're willing to become the little, the little people, I believe that cloud's going to come and God's going to raise up people and use people. And so I feel in my own heart what I've been feeling ever since this is, Lord, I want to, I want to respond to you, Lord, in my own heart, in my own life. And I want to commit myself to what you want to do without knowing what you want to do. And I'm willing to, to be like Abraham and take a step out, not knowing where I'm going, but knowing that you're going to be with me and that you're going to make things apparent. Okay? The other thing is, you know, the Bible says, by faith Abraham, that's 11, um, Hebrews 11, 8. By faith Abraham uh, obeyed the voice of the Lord, going out and not knowing where he was going. That was enough. And then on down in verse 24, 25, 26, it says, Moses, listen to this, by faith Moses chose. Listen, let me say this one more time. Moses chose to go outside the camp, not esteeming the riches of Christ being better than the riches of Israel. Listen, he didn't have to go outside the camp. He chose to go. See, a lot of times God is just looking for somebody who will make the choice. By faith, Moses chose. He chose something. He chose to go to a place and rejected everything that he had, the riches of Egypt, the riches of the world, and all that he had. He chose something else. He said the, the, the reproach of Christ, was, he esteemed that greater than all the riches of the world that he possessed. So, he, so I guess what I want to hear, hear what I'm, I'm telling you, God is offering you and I a choice. We can choose this. We can choose that God is saying something. We don't know what He's saying. We don't know where He wants to go. We don't know what He wants to do. But we can still choose. Well, we're choosing whatever that is. Whatever that looks like, we're making a choice. And we're going to go with that. Whatever it is, Lord, however it looks, however it manifests in our life, we're choosing that today. That's, that's faith. By faith, Moses chose. He didn't have to. By faith, Abraham obeyed. See, they're both. But you don't want your Christian life always to be just based on obedience. You want it to be based on you see something that's, that you love. And you're saying, God, I love what you do more than I love this world. And I choose to attach myself to what you're doing. I choose to attach myself. That's, that's what I'm saying. So I want to do this. I want to ask you a question. I want you to make a choice if you'd like to. Now, there's no have to in any of this. Everything's by grace. Because <laughs> God's good all the time. But this morning, if you can say in your heart, Lord, 
I'm choosing something. I'm choosing to become a little boy, a little girl this morning. I'm choosing, Lord, if I got issues and I'm resentful when I hear about this person or that person, I'm choosing, Lord, to let you at these issues. I'm choosing to let you at my heart because I don't want to resent and be jealous and be frustrated that you're blessing this person. They got a raise I didn't, and they're only, you know, whatever it may be. Or, you know, they have an anointing, and mine went down the, the, the toilet. <laughs> so I want to just do that. Come on, honey. We're going to do this together, okay? So... Because I believe this is going to open the door. This is the hinge that opens. Yeah. This is the hinge that opens the door. This is the hinge that the move of God was going to rest on. Is us making a choice this morning. And saying yes to God. Now you, if, you don't have to feel bad if you can't. There's no pressure. God doesn't pressure because cause God will just keep coming and visiting you. He'll just come wake you up in the middle of the night. Hey, you, you want to make a choice? You know, it didn't easier yesterday at church. And now here you are in the middle of the night. And you're not going back to sleep because I'm just going to wear you out. I'm going to keep pastoring. That's how he does me sometimes. Like, will you leave me alone? Yes! What do you want me to say? So, and I want to bless you, okay? I want to bless you. Because God just wants to bless you. Lord, we just believe that there's a, there's a call here on these people. There's a purpose. David said, is, no, is there not a purpose? When, when he went up against that giant and his brothers were pointing at him, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's wrong with y'all? Don't y'all see there's a purpose? Don't you see that God's doing something? Don't you see there's something happening? Can't you just see it? That's what he was saying to his brother when they were ridiculing him. Who do you think you are, David? He was saying, here's where I think I am. There's something going on. You're missing what's going on. And God wants to open us up to see like little little Samuel. Our eyes to see, our ears to hear and hear. And then God, after he responded to God, God said, look, I'm going to show you something nobody would believe. Nobody would believe this. I'm going to do something in your day that nobody would. He began to reveal his plan. He began to reveal his plan. So this morning, if you want to say yes to the Lord, make a step towards the Lord. Make, make a step to him this morning. Make a step to the Lord this morning. Just make a step. Step up here. Step to the front. Step to the side. Just make a step in your heart and declare. Get the women up. If the women from the women's retreat could just come up and bring our prayer team this morning, that would be awesome. If you feel like you want to pray for people, because I think there's a residue. We still want to release on you if you want. Um, We want to really be able to release on you. The power of the Holy Spirit that because you know um, through the laying on of hands anointings transferable and our hearts to bring back everything God has for us to bring back so and this can also be a way of you know what let's just do another fire tunnel again and that way if you, you could just go through and um, and that's your way of just responding to the Lord whether it's yes or maybe you know the maybe might turn to yes in the fire tunnel you know so one thing I wanted to finally say is one of the reasons that we are choosing not just to assume anything on the Lord and assume that God wants to move in any particular way is because we are choosing, listen to me, we're choosing to humble ourselves. 
Okay, we're choosing to say, Lord, we're not just going to go back and do what we did before. We're choosing to lay our knowledge down and our experience down, Lord. That We're choosing to do that. We're choosing to become like little children again, Lord, and say, we don't know. We choose to let go of what we do know so that we can know something greater. Because once we become the experts, we've hit our ceiling. We've hit our limits, and we are choosing not to be experts this morning. So if you want to come through, just come through and uh, get a touch from the Lord, that would be really good. And Lord bless you, and this will be the end of the service for people who want to go home. And God bless you and keep you. We're starting over on this end, and we want you prophetic people not to prophesy over on because we'll t- it will be here all day. So we want everybody to get through this line. And it's wonderful. I tell you, you will love what gets released in this line. And if you're scared, just do it anyway. I'm serious. I was scared. I used to be really scared. So, but I love what the Lord does in these fire tunnels. So people are just going to lay hands on as you go through. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We just say release a fresh anointing, Lord, fresh oil upon us. Lord God, fresh oil upon your beautiful bride. Lord David said, you have anointed me with fresh oil. And so, Lord, we just say let your kingdom release now. Release, release, release. Oh, yeah, power. Power surges right now. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Release with great power, great authority. On your bride today, Lord, the body of Christ, the fires of revival, renewal, awakening. Oh.